Hey guys, this is Shay Schrager with you on Woods, Wings, Water, and the Cross. And I uh, hope you're having a great time of year. We're kind of in between here, coming uh, out of bird hunting season into the big bird season, uh, spring gobbler season. Hope some of you guys are uh, knocking some down and hearing a few gobble. And a lot of you have kicked into uh, fishing and fishing tournaments are kicking in around our area and hope you're enjoying the outdoors. Uh, just want to give you an update uh, on some upcoming shows. Uh, just in a few weeks you'll be hearing uh, more about turkey hunting. We'll have uh, Todd Perkins with us and uh, then uh, coming up after that uh, we're going to be talking about fly fishing and uh, how to get into that and some great stories and uh, talking to a, uh, a wonderful guy Chris Stillner who's a guide there and uh, so uh, some great stuff coming up. I hope everything's going well with you. If you are enjoying the podcast, be sure you can subscribe on iTunes and be sure to share that if you don't mind, if you think it'll be a blessing to somebody and uh, just help get the word out there. And today uh, we're going to be talking with TJ Graney and uh, he is the founder of KOZ Kids Outdoor Zone Ministries. And so I think he'll be a real blessing to you and a challenge today to you. Uh, not just uh, a funny discussion today, but truly an informational and challenging uh, interview today. And hope you enjoy it and hope God blesses you with it. Look forward to talking to you soon. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, honored today to have TJ Graney with us with KOZ Kids Outdoor Zone. And uh, he's going to share more about that in just a bit. But uh, just wanted to thank you for uh, uh, calling in today, TJ. And uh, where whereabouts are you located at? I'm in Austin, Texas. Warm, sunny Austin, Texas. Yeah, rubbing it in a little bit today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it hasn't been like that. It, I mean, this has been a strangely cold winter, cold spring for us. And so... Uh, I'm kind of excited about the weather changing a little bit and the bass getting up on the beds and all that's going on right now. I'm kind of switching from my deer hunting mindset to my bass attempting to catch mindset. <laughs> I think that's where we're all moving from deer to gobbler to, to, to fish. And then outdoors-wise, TJ, I just get a little background uh uh, you you kind of do a little bit of everything as uh, far as hunting, fishing. What's your favorites? Yeah, for me. So uh, so I didn't do a whole lot when I was growing up. I didn't have a. I kind of came from a broken family, so I didn't have a dad hanging around teaching me to hunt and fish. So I was uh, mentored and self taught, but used to do a lot of fishing. Um, and that, that's kind of where I started was fishing and then got introduced to some elk hunting and some turkey hunting and then fell in love with shooting deer. And, uh, and then, of course, in Texas, we kill a lot of pigs. And uh, so that's, that's kind of my – and I guess my, my two favorite things would probably be elk hunting and, uh, and bass fishing. And they're kind of polar opposites because, you know, I mean, one of them's cruising around on a bass boat and the other's hiking the mountains until you just ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why Why in the world would I choose to hike up and down this mountain and sleep on the rocks for five days? But um, that's, that's my passion is just, and really anything, I mean, if 
if I get invited to go turkey hunting, I just sitting in a still quiet place, trying to call them in, gobble them in, you know, the game of, of trying to, to fool a, a turkey to come close enough where you can sling an arrow at them or shoot them with a shotgun. I mean, that, that's addictive. Uh, I guess any of it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like me. My, my my favorite types of hunting are bird hunting and uh, any type of hunting. Somebody else will call me and let me go with them. All. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that's 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 the description I'm going to use from yeah, now on. That's kind of the way I. Which makes me which which is part of what you know. Kind of my thought is, uh, I live down here in Texas, and we got a lot of pigs, and I don't think you guys have a whole bunch of wild pigs running around up there. But no. you guys have a ton of bear up there. Yes. And I want to offer to swap out a pig hunt for a bear hunt. I don't know that that's equal or even in any way, shape, or form, but, for oh, us, my gosh, yeah. one of my bucket list things is I want to shoot a bear. and You guys just don't even shoot at them anymore. Y'all, a lot of guys just pass on them up there. Yeah, they, if you want bear, that's a good trade for us because uh, especially we, where, where my family's land is, uh, we're just uh, saturated with them, and that's that's me. I, I, I offer anybody free bear hunts if they'll take them. <laughs> just, uh, they, they destroyed our apple orchards and everything. They just uh, they wreak havoc. We had about uh, 30-some apple trees at one time and a lot of peach trees, and, and, man, they have just absolutely tore the branches out and destroyed those things over there. So uh, I'm anti- Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I, I truly offer anybody wants to bear hunt, let me know. I'll I'll hook you up. And the only thing <laughs> the only thing you've got to do is shoot it. <laughs> There's no looking and no speculating. If you see one, just just shoot it and and thin them out a little bit. So, hey, wow. uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to just kind of share with TJ uh, with uh, people that are listening is uh, KOZ, and uh, it's a ministry that I kind of ran across a few years back and met you at an event up at Liberty University there, the wildfire event, and was just going to see if you'd share some about it because it's been such an impactful uh, ministry, I know, at our church, and and just uh, if if you could just share your heart behind it and what KOZ is and and some of the stories, some uh, amazing stories about how it all came to be. Well, thank you very much. And so, uh, and my background is I'm an outdoor journalist and outdoor writer and radio and TV guy. And, um, and so I've been involved in the outdoor industry for years and I've also been involved in my church. And, um, what I, what I realized was that a lot of the little boys in my church, who didn't have dads or had dads, but they just, they weren't getting outside and, um, and doing anything and they weren't learning about hunting and fishing. And so I started grabbing a few of the little boys on my, on my little dead end street here in my little neighborhood and a few of the boys from my Sunday school class. And, and I would just invite them to do something one Saturday a month. I would just, invite them to go hiking in the park or go fishing in a pond. And, and, and I, I started doing it and then, and then I needed help doing it. So I started getting my buddies from church who really weren't doing anything. I mean, you know, we all pitched in and stacked chairs and, you know, help park cars.
cars and did all that stuff, but we weren't, we weren't really doing anything with any real impact. But we started doing these Saturdays, one Saturday a month with these boys and realized that, oh my gosh, they're really relying on us heavily. They're really looking to us to um, to be there for them, and they're they're just soaking up anything that we're doing with them. And started so we started be, becoming real intentional, like you know when we would go out with them on this Saturday, one Saturday a month, we would um, we'd go to the fishing pond, but we'd also spend a few minutes just sitting with them and just talking to them, how you doing, and um, and just really trying to be there for them and really it wasn't intentionally it wasn't the ministry up front but it became ministry because God just really starts speaking to us just telling us you know I'm, I'm giving you these boys but I want you to be intentional with them and so I started writing down kind of what we were doing with the boys at our church how it was impacting them and the reasons why we were doing different things God just really downloaded this whole ministry idea and uh, and then God said, I want you to offer this to men in other churches. So, so I'd written this 80-page training manual on what we were doing at our church, and we'd written all these this material for what guys could do on, on this one Saturday a month, half a Saturday a month at that. And we started um, giving it out to guys in churches, um, started with my friends and little local churches here in the Austin area and and they started having the same kind of response from the single moms and the fathers and sons in their churches and in their community um, where they just started mentoring a lot of boys on this half a Saturday a month while they were doing outdoor activities. And so then our prayer was just, Lord, how, how do we get this to any guy in any church? I, I mean, we really didn't understand what that meant. And uh, and then that's when we found out about the, the Wildfire Conference in Lynchburg. Excuse me. Found out about the Wildfire Conference in Lynchburg, and uh, and no idea what what would happen if we went to a men's conference and offered this to men at a conference. But we got up there, and there was I don't know eight or ten thousand guys, and we had guys. Of, 150 guys who wanted more information. And uh, so we started going to their churches. We, we'd come back and we'd go to their church and we'd train them with the, with the curriculum and, and give it to them. And, and they would call us and say, oh, my goodness, we got more guys showing up here, more boys showing up here than we do in our Sunday school class. Or, um, And that's when we realized that this outdoor thing was important and this uh, mentoring the boys was important, and and even better yet, that the men in the churches were the connecting point. And being an outdoor journalist for thirty years, and knowing that we are struggling as an outdoor industry, as outdoorsmen, in finding ways to bring in the next generation. Matter of fact, National Shooting Sports Foundation says that if we don't figure out a way to mentor boys into the outdoors the next generation into the outdoors, that in 10 years, we won't have a voice on whether it's a hunting season or whether we can go fishing in a particular lake or hiking in a certain area, that the antis are going to be the ones dictating those kind of things. And so 
seeing all those parts and pieces, feeling like God's really got his hands on uh, a conversation with the little boy when you're sitting around a campfire or a fishing pond uh, in a different way than you do in a classroom or in just about any other setting. And uh, and so that's what we're doing now is we're just we we just invite guys to go to kidsoutdoorzone.com, click on the more information link and send us an email from there and we'll get them set up with uh, with a training them on how to take a half a Saturday a month and use hunting and fishing as an outreach tool and get the fatherless boys and the father sons in their church and in their community and do something with them. And, and it's, it will absolutely, if you're an outdoor guy, it will, and you're not doing something really powerful or something that you feel like you're really making an impact on this, this will absolutely do it for you. Yeah. And like some of the things, for instance, on a Saturday you guys have done uh, with the boys, what are some examples of that? I know you uh, hunting and uh, what are some other things? Well, yeah, so, you know, you don't have to have, you don't have to go hunting for deer or, you know, bear or anything like that. I mean, really what, what you're trying to do is this is really a training time. So these Saturdays, so if you take a half a Saturday a month, say third Saturday of every month from 8 to noon or 8 to 1, and we give you curriculum, and you'll take the boys out to a shooting range, or you'll take them and shoot, do archery, or, I mean, you can do all kinds of things. You can show them how to whittle, you can change a tire on a car, but most of it is, you know, take them to a taxidermist, um, take them to uh I don't know, all, all different types. You go on hikes with them. Uh, in November, It's we, we call that deer season. And uh, a lot of guys will bring in a deer. They'll shoot a deer during the week, and they'll bring in a deer, and they'll skin it. They'll gut it, skin it, and uh, cut it up and cook the meat over fire with the boys on that Saturday morning and just absolutely blows the boys' minds. <laughs> and... And just what a, what a cool thing to do, you know, with the boys, and uh, and and that's just some of the stuff that we do. We we give the guys a lot of options, a lot of ideas, and then we also give the guys the opportunity to. In your area, I mean, down here in Texas, we may be in shorts and flip flops fishing on a, at a pond, and you guys up there may be snowboarding or something. You know, you may be ice fishing. I don't know, but. Uh, there's there's some ways to kind of work all that, but it's really a training period. And then what you find out when you start these in your church is that people in your church start hearing about it and they start offering you, hey, uh, you know, my grandmother has 300 acres down the road, and uh, why don't you guys go down there and go camping or fish on the ponds or shoot some of the deer? And, um, you know, things just kind of kind of grow organically that way, which is beautiful because it just becomes part of the church and part of the mission of the church and different people in the church offering, offering stuff like that. But, yeah. uh, and you know, you can, you, you don't have to just do the Saturdays. You can add on a hunting trip or a weekend camp out or whatever. But the most important part is for those boys to know that one Saturday a month for half a Saturday, they're going to be with those men, and they're going to learn something about the outdoors. These guys are going to pay attention to them, love on them, and they're going to share Jesus Christ with them and how Jesus will help them in their day-to-day uh, struggles as a young man, as a kid, as a boy. 
Absolutely. Important step. It uh, brings me to a reminder there. One of the things we've seen at church too is men, and it's 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 just hard for us. We 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 don't process, but it's even uh, a matter of uh, time together praying. When we have time together praying, it seems like uh, our our ladies are quick to the altars, but our men, it, it's there, there's that thing, and I think some of that begins like with KOZ at a young age to, to, to train a child up in the way they should go, that they, they learn that this is, this is manly. This is a, a, a thing for, for me to do and, and not just something for somebody else. And so uh, that's one of the things that I see. How, 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 how true and how cool is that, you know, that the boys see, you know, Hey, okay guys, we're going to, we're going to pray before we get started today. Hey, we're going to, pray before we jump in the in the trucks and drive over to this place this taxidermist we're going to visit hey let's pray hey bobby's uh grandmother's sick let's all get together and pray and, and it's just a you know they just see oh prayer oh okay i thought it had to be some kind of formal ritualistic memorized thing that's no right. that's not what these men are teaching me this is this is not what i thought it was and we just break off a whole bunch of that religious stuff that um you know that society tells kids, or that they thought it was, or whatever. We just break it off. We just say, "No, man, yeah. this is just about God loves us, and we love you." And you know, it, it it does. It breaks off a whole lot of those stereotypes, and and they've learned this stuff from such a young age to to see good examples of that. Man, that is. I wish I'd had some of that. That's yeah, and I think I, I think that's crucial in the church life too. And I and I'm not being critical, but I know. Uh, when when I did come go to church when I was younger and things, it seemed like it it was the role that was forced upon a lot of the ladies. They're they're their Sunday school teachers. They're the vacation Bible school leaders. Or all those things, and that's one of the absences I do see in the past is is that positive male influence that that told me I could still be I could do boy boy things and man things and 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 still be you know that that influence i guess just just that positive influence to say that hey it's not just it's not for uh the ladies to take care of but i i have a strong male influence in my life that can can make a difference and i, I just see a, oh, yeah. see an amazing I mean, I mean boys don't grow up you know planning on just being good little boys and just sitting still in a chair in a classroom boys are looking out the window thinking about riding their bike and jumping over the curb and, uh, you know, they want to be fighter pilots and soldiers and cowboys and uh, they, they don't think the way. And, and when women are the ones, and I love my wife, she's an incredible mom, women, single moms are the hardest working women in the world. Um, but there's certain things about a boy that he just is inherent in him. You know, you give a, any boy, you give any boy, whether he's, ever seen a gun or not and you give him a stick and it turns into a stick, uh, a gun or a sword or, you know, it, it's because that's just how we're designed and we need that influence and then we need to understand how that, how God wants us to use that and unless us men step in and teach them that, um, then, it, then, it's, then it's confusing to them and that's why we see uh, young boys and participating in shootings and, and making all kinds of mistakes is because they have that, but they don't understand what it is. Yeah. And so they misuse it. And, and 
or they just explode. You know, a little boy, half the little boys in this world are growing up without a dad. 50% are growing up without a dad. The average kid today spends 70 hours a week in front of a screen and 40 minutes a week outside. Those things are, that is way wrong, way upside down on the way God designed us and the way that boys truly need to learn and experience life. Totally upside down. Absolutely. Absolutely. With KOZ, uh, what are some, uh, uh, maybe you can share some things. Just uh, one of the things we try to do is look at how God, I I believe, brings joy into our life. Maybe uh, either, uh, I've heard some of the stories about how you got through KOZ or maybe some of the boys, but what are some of the more memorable uh, memorable events that probably have taken place? Uh, Some may even be humorous uh, in dealing with KOZ or organizing KOZ that you might think of. Well, there's there's plenty of humorous moments when you got a bunch of men around a bunch of boys, and the men start acting like boys, and the boys just are acting like boys. Um, I mean, there's plenty of humorous moments in that, and uh, and the pranks and tricks that that come from those moments, which are so pure and so so male, you know, so so needed by us as guys and the jokes that we make with each other everything from passing gas to you know i don't know what else but i mean it's just such a guy thing (laughs) that one's always in you know it's it's inspirational (laughs) and but i do i will share a story with you so we got a i got a call from a mom who uh heard about us and she lives in lived in a lives in a small town uh, in uh, small the small town of West Texas. It's between Austin, Texas, and Dallas, Texas. In West, uh, about five years ago, there was a fertilizer plant there in this little small town, and it caught fire and and it exploded. So. Um, Connor was the little boy. He was about nine and lived at home, had a little brother, had an older sister, mom and dad, intact family. Well, uh, one Saturday morning, they were, uh, Connor was out on his bike running some errands for his mom, dropping off a casserole dish over here to a neighbor and just riding the neighborhood on his bike. And he noticed the smoke coming up from the fertilizer plant. Well, Connor jumped, uh, jumped on his bike and rode home real quick and he tells how he jumped off his bike and it went flying into the garage, crashing into the wall and ran inside his house. And, uh, he said, there's smoke coming from the fertilizer plant. Well, his uncle was there. His uncle's was uncle lucky and he had a, a house there in West, but he was a 30 year veteran of the Fort Worth Texas fire department. And he knew that smoke coming from the fire fertilizer plant was not a good deal. So he dropped his plate of barbecue on the counter and ran out and ran to the fertilizer plant. And he started evacuating everybody out of the fertilizer plant. And, uh, and he kept the volunteer firemen away from the fertilizer plant and it exploded and his uncle lucky was killed. And when Connor
daughter's mom called me, and, and it destroyed houses for blocks. Matter of fact, Connor's house was two blocks over, pushed in the whole back of the house, blew out all the windows. Connor actually had a piece of glass embedded in the back of his head. Um, just absolutely destroyed everything for blocks around it. And uh, But Connor's mom called me, and she said, Connor believes that it's his fault his uncle died and it, that if he hadn't told his uncle about that 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 he wouldn't have gone over there and he wouldn't have passed away and he was just really distraught and she said i don't know what to do and somebody gave me your name and i thought i'm not a counselor i'm just i'm not a crisis counselor i you know all i can do is tell you that you know I can take him with us. He can come do some KOZ stuff with us. We're going to go on a little hunt for a couple of days. He can come with us and do that. And, um, and I, you know, we'll love on him the way that we love on our boys. And so she got him over to us and we went on a couple of day hunting trip and just camping and running around with some other boys and, and at night, we got to sit around a campfire and we got to talk about stuff. And the other boys got to really talk to him about that it wasn't his fault and that, um, you know, that they had had hard things happen in their lives. And just really, God just really intervened. And, um, and we got to share just how, how God loves us and how things happen. And sometimes they are hard. And so... Connor took him back home, and a couple of months later, I was just happened to be driving from Dallas back to Austin, and so I thought, man, I'm going to stop in and see how Connor's doing, check on his family, and so I stopped in to see him, and they were still not able to live in their house. They were living in a little farmhouse out in the country, and I got to go out there with them, and we were sitting on the back porch. Uh, it was me and his mom and dad and his grandparents, and I was sitting next to his grandpa, and Connor was riding his bike around, hopping, hopping wheelies and showing me how he could ride his bike and stuff. And his grandfather looked at me and he just said, TJ, I just want to tell you that I just want to thank you for giving me our Connor back. He said that when he came back from spending that time with you guys, he was changed and that spirit was lifted off of him. And it, it just spoke volumes to me just how important it is for us to just, I mean, there's little boys out there that their fathers have walked away from them, have just walked away from them. And they don't understand that. And, and it is really important for us as men to share that with them, that they're okay, that they're not broken because their dad left or that to just love on them. I mean, we can't expect them to understand the um, the idea of a loving father when the only thing that they can associate the word father with is a guy who walked out on them and never comes to see them yeah. or promises to come see them, all, always promising, making all these promises, but never following through. Well, they're going to think, if, and we're saying, hey, come visit this, you know, come and... We'll introduce you to a loving father in this classroom on Sunday. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work very well that way. And so, anyway, it was just a beautiful opportunity. And, and one of many, I get, I get guys from 
and and I know Shay, you you guys have shared stories uh, about. We even did a video online uh, that we put online about one of the kids at your at your church that was just impacted by men loving on these boys half a Saturday a month, just hanging out with them and being real with them. Yeah. And uh, anyway. With that, story. with that being said, is uh, with uh, it might be your 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 testimony or uh, from your childhood. It, was there some similarities there? Is that one of the things you think God led this to you to do, or or like saying maybe you even want to? I, I know some of your testimony, but uh, is that something that that God has laid on your heart because you wanted that impact or or you? you your thoughts on that, TJ? Well, so, and that my story is that my father was, my mother and father were together up until I was finishing up on the eighth grade. And uh, my dad did take us camping. I do remember that. That's one reason why I have such a heart for the mountains and camping. Um, but he was bad to drink. And between eighth and ninth grade, he chose his bottle of rum over his family and my mom took my little brothers and sisters and moved away to it from Houston, Texas to Illinois. And I told him, told her I wouldn't go in with her. And so I just stayed on the streets and, and, uh, I began making a lot of bad choices. And I did that up into my twenties, mid to late twenties, where I finally, uh, kind of came to an end. I met Jesus and, uh, still kept making poor decisions, but, but I just finally got to a point where I just couldn't do it any longer and sobered up and um, began asking Jesus, what is it you want me to do? And uh, that's when that's when he brought me, uh, kind of walked me into this ministry. I, I mean, I've got an eighth grade education. I'm not, you know, this uh, Bible trained uh, spiritual leader that, uh, you know, I was just, minded my own business and just doing what I felt God was doing. And he led this. And I, and that's, that's really my word of encouragement to guys is that all of us, all of us have been trained to do something. There's God has something for us. I, I, I was a broken kid. I grew up. I loved, I had a passion for the outdoors and, and loved that. And that's what he used. He used all that time when I was angry about you know, all my friends' parents are still living together. All my friends got to go to college, all this. All, hey, and then I look back now and I go, well, he's using what I, what my life was. That's what he's using for, for his kingdom work. And so so I just, I tell guys this all the time. You are perfectly trained for something. That's right. The, the brokenness, the hurts in your life, those that's your testimony. That's yours. Nobody else has that testimony. And you can use that to, you know, uh, it can be divorce. It can be health issues. It could be, I don't know what, you know, maybe, maybe brokenness in, in KOZ. Yeah. But you can't be a, you can't be a Christian man. You can't call, claim to walk as a Christian man and not step into the battle somewhere. And yes, we all have to help our pastors set up the tables and, and 
do things around church. And I mean, there's a lot of good works that we have to do, but really what is, where are you picking to fight? Yeah. Where are you picking a battle? He's trained you for something, but and, and you need to just ask him, what is it, Lord? Where is that fight you want me to step in? And when you are fighting like that, you, you will feel it. It is, it is a different, it is a different thing when you go in to step in to rescue fatherless little boys or, you know, step into whatever the ministry is that he calls you to. Um, it's a, it's a different, it's a different thing. I agree, and that's that's where sometimes it's hard at first because there's a uneasiness. We don't think we're equipped, and I, but I think you've summed that up. God God's called us onto the field, and when you go on the battlefield, it's it's not always clean cut, and that's one of the things. You know, whether it's KOZ, whether it's a different ministry, uh, a lot of times I think we have a picture of the, the the stained glass masquerade that if you go to church, everything's supposed to be perfect. It's not supposed supposed to be operate this way or that way. But but I really believe, like you said, TJ, if you're on the battlefield, you, you see some messy stuff, but God equips you to walk through it or he's prepared you all along. You know, it's kind of like when uh, David went before Goliath, he, he, he thought he'd just been out in the field guarding sheep, but uh, he when they questioned him, he'd been prepared because he'd killed a, a, a bear. He'd killed these, you know, those things that seemed like simple things were preparing him for the bigger battle that God had for him to overcome. And, and I think... Uh, that's a perfect example of what you said of stepping into the field of battle, uh, manning up. Yeah, and, and, and you know you gotta you gotta know that um, and that there's warfare when you choose to step into that. Satan's going to throw all kinds of stuff. Oh, I'm not I'm not skilled enough. I'm not I don't have an education. I don't have I don't have scripture memorized. I don't have well, you know, I I have I was president of the Outdoor Writers Association. I won awards for writing, photos. I have a radio show, and I dropped out of school at the end of the eighth grade. And six through eight wasn't all that hot. So it, that that does not you cannot let Satan define you by that stuff. You need to you need to ask God. God, you define me. And tell me who I am and what it is. And go and, you know, you need strong men with you, too. I tell every guy, there's, you need three guys in your life. You need a young guy that you're mentoring, some guy younger than you that you can walk with. You need a guy your age that you can be a friend with, that you can tell everything to, that you can have those, you know, gas-passing jokes and all the, the stuff where you laugh and have fun but you talk real with. And then you need an older guy that can speak into your life, a guy that's seasoned, that's been there, done that, that can talk about, you know, his ups and downs and how he found his way. And, uh, and you need to get those guys in your life and, and figure out what it is. Talk to them. What, what am I called to do? What, is, what have you got for me, Jesus? What is, it, what is my fight? And then those guys will understand your fight and they will stand with you when you're going through that stuff. Amen. Anyway. Great word. Great word. Uh, one more quick one, if you got time for it, TJ, and then I, I'm, I'll, I'll let you go. I appreciate you so much. And uh, like I say, once again, uh, if you're interested in finding out more, uh, it's Kids Outdoor Zone Ministries. 
but there was a funny story you told me one time about you almost had a reality show. Could you share some of that? <laughs> so, yeah, this is a this terrible uh, this terrible story, and it's terrible that you would bring that up because <laughs> so it's funny for everybody when, else. That's how you can tell who your friends are because they'll just talk about anything. Uh, so I was. We were praying, really praying hard. Lord, we just, um, okay, we have this ministry, we have this training, these churches around here are doing really great with it, but how do we give it away to other churches? How do we get our name out there and give this thing away? And so uh, so we were just praying, Lord, you know, help us to figure out what that looks like. And I got a phone call. And it was from the producers of Mike Rowe's television show, Dirty Jobs. And everybody knows who Mike Rowe is, and they know the show, Dirty Jobs. And uh, and they said, Mr. Green, we noticed that you and your oldest son, and my oldest son, Cody, uh, is a BASS tournament angler. And so him and I have done outdoor stuff together for years and posted it online and all kinds of things, and they they found us, and they said, we see that you and your oldest son, Cody, do this outdoor stuff together, and we're really looking for a, a father-son family kind of thing uh, that's outdoorsy, and we have this idea for the show, and we'd love it if you could come out here to Hollywood and let us talk to you about it. And I'm going, oh, right, all right, <laughs> Jesus, only you would figure this kind of thing out. We're going to be reality TV show stars, and uh, we're going to have millions of you know fans, and they're all going to want to know about KOZ, this hat I'm wearing, and this shirt I'm always wearing that says KOZ. So we fly out to, they fly us out to Hollywood, they pick us up in a, a limo and they take us take us over to studios and hotel and they're just whining and dining us and they're doing all these introducing us all around and they oh we love this you guys are great this is going to be so good and they do video of us talking and laughing and messing around and, and then they send us home and a couple of weeks later they send us contracts in the mail for a reality show and we're thinking oh <laughs> And so we get a we get an attorney, a, a entertainment attorney, to make sure you know all the stuff in their contract is right because you know I mean we're going to be pretty famous, so it's important that we uh, have all that stuff in order. And and it, and we and we figured as long as we don't have to take our clothes off or do something that would embarrass us or you know be against our faith, uh, that we. We, you know, we're going to do this because I'm thinking only Jesus would figure this out. A reality show, millions of viewers, and everybody's going to hear about KOZ. And uh, so we send the contracts back, and we're just waiting for them to call us and say, okay, you two reality show stars, get on over here, and let's get this thing going. And a couple of months passed, and they ended up calling us back, and they said, TJ, we love you guys. We love what you're doing. We love the whole outdoor thing. Y'all are awesome. But we think that we're going to go in a different direction. There's these guys doing some duck hunting and some other stuff down in Louisiana, and we're kind of thinking we're going to go that direction. <laughs> and I'm thinking, duck hunters in Louisiana? That's never going to go anywhere. <laughs> that is an absolute terrible idea. 
And so I just, you know, went back to, okay, God, I don't know what that was all about. Um, and then it was about three or four months later, yeah, maybe three or four months later that we got invited to speak at a conference and they had these Doug Dynasty guys on stage and they were the main speakers. And it's like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> these guys. But, you know, it turns out God had it figured out. Yeah. I firmly believe God's anyway. got a sense of humor. I surely do. But uh, I'm glad he didn't do that, though, because we weren't ready and he knew that. You yeah. know, if I had... If I'd had a thousand people say, hey, we want to know more about it, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Yeah. Today, we have video training now, so we can actually send a video and all the training materials via video. Um, we work, we're working with a lot of the Christian leaders in the country, the men's ministry leaders in the country on what we're doing. And so, I mean, we're, now we'll take that reality okay. show and... We'll be able to do something with it, but now that the duck guys are done, we'd probably find us a little slot there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Prepared for it. Now, anyway, how long is uh, your son Cody? Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> just—that's one of the ones I've laughed about a lot since I've got to know you. Uh, uh, how long has your son Cody been on BASS too? Well, he fished. Uh, he fished the FLW for a couple of years, and then I think this is probably his third or fourth year. He's fishing the. Uh, BASS Opens, okay. so the Southern Opens, and uh, just got off the water last week. He fishes, uh, his, you can find him, Cody Ryan Graney, Cody Ryan Graney, and um, fishing the BASS uh, Opens. You can check him out on Facebook and all that stuff, too. He's got a huge following on Facebook and and uh, that kind of stuff, but yeah, and we wrapped his boat with the KOZ logo, and his shirt has KOZ on the front of it. So, well, that's he's, what uh, I was wondering. He's I knew. the KOZ angler. I'm, I thought I'd I'm seen sure pictures. Chili wins with the boat with the Chili wrap wins on it. one of those big tournaments. Um, I guess we're going to get to keep our logo there. But once he wins a big tournament, somebody wants to give him money for that kind of stuff, we'll probably lose it. But right now, he's fishing with guys. the KOZ logo. It's great. Amen. So good. Well, great. Well, TJ, man, I appreciate your time today, and uh, I know you're a busy guy, and uh, we thank you for the work you're doing with KOZ. And uh, once again, uh, uh, if if anybody's interested in KOZ, you can find them online. Uh, and uh, TJ's an awesome guy to work with. Uh, he's uh, helped our church uh, do amazing. And I just saw a picture yesterday, actually, one of our KOZ leaders uh, got a young man on his first turkey yesterday, or Saturday, rather, uh, and got to see a picture of uh, of that. So, uh, real rewarding of what God's doing through that ministry. Well, thank you, Shay Schrader, and we love you guys too. And I would just, I would just encourage any guy if you want more information on KOZ, I'm happy to give it to you. Uh, just go to kidsoutdoorzone.com, kidsoutdoorzone.com, and click on more information. There's videos and all kinds of stuff on there. Um, but even more so. Even more so, I don't care if it's KOZ or not. But brothers, if you don't know Jesus, and if you and if you haven't asked Him for a mission, I just challenge you: What's your legacy going to be? What's your legacy with your family? What's your legacy in this world going to be? Man, if it, if if us men, especially as outdoor guys, I want my grandkids to be able to go hunting and fishing. I want my grandkids to know Jesus. 
And we have we have some work to do, guys. And you didn't find this podcast by accident. You found it because you're supposed to hear it. And so my challenge is just to any guy that hears this, um, talk to Jesus, Romans ten nine, and uh, sit outside under a tree and listen to the birds for a little while and ask him, what is it you want me to do, Jesus? What is it you want me to do? And if you happen to have a turkey call and a shotgun with you, then that's just so much better. <laughs> Amen. Well, we thank you, TJ, and uh, God bless you, man, and talk to you soon.